This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast, brought to you by the Influence Alliance, the business building community for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable and scalable business. Now, my guest today says a culture of harmony in the workplace is the best recruitment strategy there is. And joining me on today's show is Ruth Ann Weeks. Ruth Ann founded her business after finding herself unexpectedly unemployed after experiencing workplace bullying. She didn't want others suffering in a toxic workplace environment, so she got busy learning about the complex issues of workplace bullying, sexual harassment, organisational psychological safety, mental health and diversity and inclusion. She is passionate about helping organisations to create healthy workplace cultures of harmony and support, where employees flourish and business thrives. Now, on today's show, Ruthann is going to share, don't play small to try and fit into the boxes that others build for you. Mindset is most important, get a coach, as well as embrace collaboration and an abundance mindset. Welcome, Ruthann. Thank you for having me, Anna-Marie. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, look, this is a topic that I think is going to be so helpful for many organizations who are experiencing complexities within their business that they probably haven't had to experience before. And, you know, before we went live, we were talking about the fact that so many leaders now and individuals are having to navigate through a lot of uncertainty, which can cause a lot of other issues in, in the workplaces as well. So, so thankful that you're here to share your message and, and obviously insights that we can certainly start to implement in uh, in business. Yes, happy to be here. Leadership in the 21st century is going to look, uh, successful leadership in the 21st century is going to look much different uh, moving forward. Yeah, you said something and I would love for you to to share that, something about one of the the statistics or, uh, you know, the recommendations and, and almost like a, a uh, not an alert, but, you know, organizations need to be mindful of, and I'll get you to share what you shared with me earlier, of this moving forward. And being aware of that will help organizations start to then position themselves, get the right training, get the right support so that they can help their individual teams, their leaders deal with that. Do you want to share what you shared with me earlier before we went live? We were talking about mental health in the workplace and uh, the implications of that. Uh, we, you know, we've we've all collectively around the planet just been through this very traumatic experience where we've lost our freedom. Some of us have lost our businesses. You know, um, we've some of us have lost our jobs or our livelihoods. You know, we've been sequestered. Some of us in small spaces with uh, spouses and young children trying to learn from home. Uh, you know, I think it's given everyone on the planet a pause to sort of really reevaluate what is important to them, what they value what 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 is uh how they want to move forward and so organizations need to embrace um the fact that there may be some mental health implications moving forward uh canadian mental health association estimates that the mental health fallout from this pandemic is going to last three to five years and that may be longer for some of those that have 
experienced really traumatic events during the pandemic. Uh, you know, some have uh, lost parents in other provinces and countries and not being able to grieve or loved ones, you know, and not be able to grieve and celebrate those end of life ceremonies. And, you know, there's been a lot of trauma that people have experienced and yes. really being mindful of that and getting a mental health strategy in place is pretty important. Yeah. Yeah. And this is also a, a call also or, or a message for individuals that perhaps previously may not have ever thought of getting support and who may, you know, and even today, you know, and, and you're obviously in the area where you support and you coach others as have, have mine have been for decades. But for some people, the thought of actually having to talk to one to someone to get support to them, it's like, oh, really? There is no shame in that whatsoever. And an actual fact do it get support that you need because individually um you know we can influence we can be a leader within our family unit within our community within the workplace and and i think we're starting to see too and this is in the conversation that i had with previous uh guests that what's happening in the workplace is probably also happening externally and what happens externally is impacting what happens in the workplace. So please, there is nothing wrong in getting the support that you need to navigate through that because we can't just all of a sudden go, right, well, we've been through that. Now's the next normal. Let's just move forward as if nothing had ever happened. We have to be able to create an environment where we support people. Where's it, let, Let's start to unpack that. Where, where do we need to start with this? And of course, you're talking about um, we can weave in the other things that you mentioned too but from an organizational point of view where do we start I think awareness right building that awareness and giving people the permission we all have mental health just like we all have physical health it's not a matter of whether or not we have it to build that awareness and differentiate between you know mental health declining uh, and versus thriving mental health mental illness uh, and those types of differentiators. How does that look when it shows up in the workplace? You know, you see um, things like uh, disengagement. If someone who was really gregarious in the office is all of a sudden, all of a sudden, really disengaged and won't even turn their camera on, if you're having a meeting uh, online, then you know, check in with them. Things may not be okay with them. They might not be okay. Just really building that awareness. But, you know, it can show up in physical ways, in in um, mental ways in spiritual ways and uh, just being aware I do a course uh, you know it's, it's 60 to 90 minutes called mental health SOS and it really does a very good job about really drilling into um, that awareness piece how it shows up in the workplace how to have its its signs and symptoms to look for options and opportunities to provide safety and support that's the SOS so and it's really um, being brave enough to have that conversation with people, you know, sometimes people don't want to go there because they're afraid they're going to make things worse. They're afraid they're going to embarrass the person. They're afraid that, um, you know, they're going to um, make it uh, exacerbate the situation that they think might already be bad where, you know what, they might not want to talk and that's okay. They'll know you see them. They'll know that they matter. And sometimes just knowing someone cares can go a long ways towards keeping someone safe. So I think we just need to keep breaking down the barriers, breaking down the stigmas, having those conversations and leadership, you know, leaders who are vulnerable and brave enough to share with their teams if they're having an off day, they don't have to 
verbally diarrhea everything that's happening in their life that's making them not okay but just to simply say you know i'm just not myself today yeah when they do that and are vulnerable enough to do that and share that gives people on the team that same permission to share when they're not okay Yes. You know, what's interesting too, as you're sharing that, um, often we can't recognize things in our, in ourselves that others may recognize something. And, and as you've said, asking, are you okay? Is this something that I can, can do or, or support can be incredibly helpful in, in broaching that conversation. Some of what the teams are now experiencing are the fact that, uh, and I know where you are, uh, people are starting to get out and about and, and organizations are probably opening up, but there's going to be some form of, and here we're using a term called hybrid teams where yeah. you've got some people who are in the workplace and this is through choice. There's a lot of people who've realized, you know what, I'm far more productive actually working from home. But in situations where maybe they're still going through that process where they're having to work from home, and I know that some of them, and of course this is women in leadership, not only are they having to uh, be at work through at home, they're also navigating having to school, you know, homeschool their children. I mean, my hats go off to all of you men and women who are homeschooling. I don't think I was born with that gene. But anyway, <laughs> you just learn to adapt, don't you? But one of the things that will be happening, of course, is, uh, and this is also what I'm going to to share, what's happening and how you're expressing and how you're interacting with work colleagues is now also being expressed potentially in front of children who might be home too. So we've got all of that to kind of navigate. What would you say to people that are in a situation where they have to lead a team that is not necessarily now in in their office space, but across the, you know, across uh, both online and, and in, in, in-house. Yeah, it, it certainly adds an extra struggle, doesn't it? So my best advice is just to be very intentional about check-ins. And you may have some people that end up saying, you know what, I'm good. You don't have to check in with me. I'll be sure to let you know if I'm struggling or if I'm having it a problem or an issue, but they know that uh, their leader is open to that and that they do care and that they're, you know, they're concerned and they're empathetic about different um, circumstances. For some people, home is not a safe place. So one of the things that I'm always sharing whenever I get a chance on camera is this signal. I don't know if your uh, viewers have have seen it but some of them might be listening so it's thumb to the palm and then fingers closed into a fist face with the palm facing the camera Mm -hmm. and that is a symbol or a signal for help if you see that signal it's a very deliberate movement so if you see that signal that means someone can't maybe verbally ask for help but it's it's them um looking for help either from a domestic violence situation or they're otherwise feeling unsafe and call 911 so that's just something i wanted to share because it's something to be mindful of mm-hmm. you know domestic violence is rampant and when workplace uh is at home there is no escape from that and sometimes those uh that power and control dynamic can ramp up 
because of extra stressors and risk elevation factors that are in play. Um, and the other facet of that is that sometimes for those that are in those types of situations, work is their only escape. So, mm. you know, they, they really may want to come back to the office. I love uh, that you said it's by choice. I think it's really important for employers to give their employees the choice. And you know what, can I just say, if they were hired to do a job, came to the office to do that job, were paid a certain amount, now that they're working from home, don't cut their pay. You know, I'm hearing that. And it, it Are you serious? Yeah, it really bothers me because what I'm hearing is employers are saying that we played, we paid a premium for you to come to the office. And now that you're not coming to the office and you're saving money on parking and you're saving money on wardrobe and you're saving money on, you know, time on commuting and, and that type of thing that we now want to cut your pay. So unless you've done, and this is me with my HR hat on, <laughs> unless your employment contract says that you've been paid a premium for in-person, you know, don't cut people's pay because now they're working from home. You're saving, if you're an employer and you're that worried about, about saving a buck, well, now you don't have to pay for that extra office. Uh, um, you know, it's just, these things are playing out. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out in the workplace. But back to your question, I apologize. It went off in a bit of a... No, minute. that's all important, <laughs> all important. Be intentional about those check-ins. Uh, uh, people will tell you generally what they need. Um, and, you know, make sure that employees, co-workers have the training and awareness to recognize signs and symptoms and to check on each other as well. I mean, generally, naturally, people build rapport and build a relationship when they're working together closely, right? So um, really just encourage people to always be kind, build that empathy muscle. If there was ever a time for empathy and grace, it's now. And just, uh, like I say, to be really intentional about um, that relational side of managing people. Yeah. And and I think also, too, it's a good point that sometimes being able to be in a workplace or with colleagues, even in lunchtime and, and break time, obviously, there is an ability to have conversations that maybe we're not able to have now, but go and find them. Because, you know, sometimes we just need to have that person or persons that we can just have a word to and, and just kind of lay some things out there and then that's it. We we can go and that kind of, for some of us, is more bottled up. I mean, journaling is a, a great technique uh, for me just to kind of get it out of my head so I'm not carrying it around. The reason I say that is all these little things, they may say, seem little or, or simple, but they all help it's like building muscle in the gym, isn't it? It's building your your mind, your mental health. It's an ongoing process, and just to let people be aware that might be, might have thought, you know, I was fine before. I didn't need to do that. But every single, and I think there's a, almost like a stress ladder, isn't there? With every single situation, uh, piles on more kind of stress, if you will, that that physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and we need to be mindful of that so that we can keep an awareness and have some strategies on how best to cope. Because this is not only happening to us as individuals within the workplace, it's happening in the family unit and it's happening with our children. And the conversation that I had uh, previously with um, Dr. Doreen Downing talking about the, you know, the fear of public speaking, 
a lot of the things that happened that caused the fear as an adult happened at childhood. So we can also influence our young children and in, in how we react, respond, I think. Um, so hopefully we can also fill some of what we share today across how we support our children, our young children, and being able to navigate through this as well. Yeah, that's a good segue into one of the points uh, in leadership that I wanted to share about, you know, don't don't try to put yourself in a box that other people build for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And and really just uh, I, I did that for much of my life. I was like a people pleaser. I didn't even know what I wanted. Um, I was just trying to fit the expectations that others had for me. And you can't lead from there. You can't lead authentically and you can't grow into your potential. So I think that's really important that we uh, consider how we're treating our our uh, children and what we're teaching them that way, right? Yeah. And what we're trying to kind of knock out of them because we might find it annoying, but maybe that's that's just the the light of their soul yeah and I guess I'm sorry I didn't mean to to cut over you there and, and I guess it's having the ability to have intentional purposeful productive for want of another word conversations you know as an adult we we may be expressing or experiencing, I would say, a little bit more anxiety and, and stress. Similarly, in, in, you mentioned earlier in a team environment, you would not go in and blurt out everything. There's a, there's almost like there is some composure there. You can certainly have a, a have a transparent conversation and share a little bit. But how far you share, I think, is also important too, isn't it? And that's why um, you know get a coach to be able to help you navigate that, build that muscle, so that when you're having a conversation with your team or your children, uh, it doesn't that the fear doesn't blurt out because your response and reactions can impact and even cause others in your team to respond in a way which is not healthy, it's not conducive in the workplace. Does that make sense where I'm going with this? Absolutely. And, and I mean, that is the crux of psychological safety. Psychological safety is creating an environment, whether it's in our home, whether it's in our workplace, whether it's in our society or any other organizations we're a part of, where it's free and encouraged to take interpersonal risk in expressing those thoughts and opinions and ideas in uh, making mistakes and failing and failing forward and reporting those mistakes even when no one's watching for the simple purpose of learning and improving efficiencies and correcting them and there's no fear of reprisal that is the crux of psychological safety and um Google did a, a study called Project Aristotle. You can actually Google it and, and get a, the New York Times did a great article on it. That's my, my favorite resource uh, that I share with people on psychological safety, other than, you know, some other books and things. But um, it Google did this uh, study, Project Aristotle. And what they did was they studied all their teams around the globe uh, to find out why some were more high performing than others. And they spent two years on this study because they couldn't figure it out they were looking at demographics they were looking at resources location leadership styles all of those things and they could not figure out why what what was causing some of the higher functioning teams to do so well until they stumbled on the fact that those teams that were flourishing and doing really well and innovative um they had a high level of psychological safety 
So they were able to express their thoughts, opinions, and ideas. Not everyone is going to be a winner, obviously, right? But they were able to do that without experiencing heavy sighs and eye rolls and, and uh, you know, just being suppressed and having their ideas and creativity oppressed by their team. And psychological safety was so important that none of the other team building exercises they did even mattered if psychological safety was not in play. So psychological safety is that environment. Psychological health is when we take care of ourselves individually. You know, we get enough sleep, we eat well, we get exercise, you know, we look after our mindset and that mental health piece, journaling or whatever it might be for, for you individually. And what happens is no matter how good a care we take of ourselves, uh, our, our own psychological health in an, in an environment that's not psychologically safe, it begins to erode that wellness that we've, uh, you know, tried to bring because of that ripple effect, because everything is interconnected. Yeah, so true. And in situations where there's circumstances in itself and, and take what's going around the world, I think in those instances, we have to be even more intentional in, in how am I contributing to the psychological safety of, of the environment? Am I adding even more complexity to that? Or am I bringing something in in that that will help and support my team, my children, my family in being able to build and, and, and yeah, feel safe, feel safe. I'll give you an example. It's probably not the best analogy, but it's something that I've done with all of my children. And I've been mindful of that. And I've had the, you know, the, 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 privilege, I guess, of being able to get some training beforehand so that I kind of understood that as my actions and my behavior and what I say can impact um, my, my young children. One of my children who was probably, I don't know, three years old, she was on a horse and I could see that she was going to fall off. And she did and came crashing down, made sure she was all right, went, oh, all right, let's just get back on there and do that again. Now, I could have responded oh, oh, and panicked and caused her to panic, yet I did not want her, because I grew up with horses, did not want her to cr create this significant emotional event that had her fearful of horses and not wanting to ride. So using that same analogy, how we as parents, as leaders responding to things in the workplace at home, what's happening on the news, sometimes you just need to turn that off because it's not going to help. How are we responding and what are we modelling to our team, to our children? Be mindful of that because what we are doing is setting them up for success or not. Yes. Yeah, especially as the leader, right? I mean, back to the parenting piece, they, you know, they say that anxious parents have anxious children. And good job in that situation, Anne-Marie, because you probably were freaking out a little bit on the inside. I was. <laughs> and, you know, if, if we really, I mean, we really got to know our family units very, very well over these last couple of years. Wouldn't you agree? Um, my son is uh, 17 and uh, he was 16 at the time. But when they went to online learning, and he they did cement they did a, a quarterly system here so they had two three-hour courses uh, a day uh, with one 10-minute break 
staring at a computer screen with a teacher who probably hasn't received a lot of training about doing online train or a lot of training around doing online teaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, we discovered during those three hour chemistry classes um, where he could just absolutely not focus after 45 minutes that he he was diagnosed with ADHD and he has had it his whole life but he's been able to navigate and work around it um until those those classes man they kicked his butt and um because it was a struggle for him to focus and pay attention so you know it really brings out these these things that um you know may have been building up over time right Yeah. And, you know, with recognition, and I think you mentioned that earlier, self-awareness and being aware of something that's going on um, is a you know, it ha- it, it's such a great first step because you can't change something. You can't bring in different strategies. You can't get support. And I love the, you, that way that you say mindset is important. Get a coach. We just had the Olympic Games. Those top athletes would not be there competing were it not for the coaches and the teams, the psychologists, all of the teams, the massive teams, and the the, the commitment every single day for years to get them there. Why do we think that of the experience that we've gone through or any experience, hey, we're going to be fine, you know, that we don't have the the support. So share a little bit more about, okay, so we recognise that there are some things. What are some practical steps that as individuals and maybe as a team, as an organisation, moving forward, these are the things that you want to have in place to ensure that you create the psychological safety for your team, no matter whether they're working from a home location or in in the actual office themselves. Do you want to share some insights around those? I would love to. We talk about 13 psychosocial factors of psychological safety, and I'm not going to reverb all 13. I probably couldn't call them off the top of my head, but things like civility and respect. You know, we all know how to speak to one another respectfully and properly, but do we always do it in the workplace, in the home? No, we don't. We don't. So just being mindful of that. And and sometimes that just means that we just have to pause before we speak. And people need to know that everything that's in their head doesn't have to come out of their mouth. We have control. So civility and respect is a big one. Uh, Clear leadership and expectations. So setting people up for success, being clear about what your expectations are, uh, being open door for questions. People are allowed uh, to repeatedly, if they need to, seek clarification, seek that support. Again, without the, you know, the body, so much of our communication is, is um, you know, nonverbal, right? So we have to be mindful that even eye rolls, size, you know, body language that's closed off can, you know, send a very strong signal. So just being open. Um, recognition and reward is another one. So really making sure that people are recognized for the work that they do, you know, whether it's just like, just make it a part of doing business. Now, I'm not saying that we have to praise people all the time, but just be polite, you know, thank someone for something they've done on a project, reward people strategically in a way that resonates with them. You know, one employee must might really love that big bonus at the end of the year. Another employee might rather have three flex days to use throughout the year someone else might want gift cards or travel vouchers 
really. I recommend that uh, HR just has a, a small menu. It doesn't have to be a la carte, a great big menu, but, you know, pick four or five things of, of equal value and let people pick what it is that resonates with them. It means a lot when we when we're intentional about meeting people where they are. And, you know, we talk so much about the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Well, sometimes there's something called the platinum, platinum rule as well is do unto others as they would have, they would like to have done to them or unto them. Right. Oh, and nice. uh, just give them that choice. Yeah. I love the way that you said, be mindful of your mannerisms because you may, with all the best of intentions, uh, want to create that that psychological, you know, environment that's that's psychologically safe. But please tell your face. Please tell your mannerisms. <laughs> <laughs> I have RBF, so I get out there. Be careful with that myself. Yes, <laughs> I know because um, if there's a there's a term for that, but it's if if if, if it doesn't align, um, people are going to t- take you on the face value of your mannerisms and attitude. Um, if I think of the term, you know, where there's this. Um, yeah, I can't think of the word, but uh, yeah, it's so important. Let's talk. I know we've got a little bit of time left and I'd love for you to share a little bit more, Ruthann, just some insights around embracing collaboration and an abundance mindset. What does abundance mindset mean for you? You know, abundance mindset for me means that there is an infinite amount of everything in our universe. You know, we... Um, we don't need to put limitations around ourselves. And this is this is why you need a coach, because they'll help you with this mindset thing. Um, and really, when it comes to uh, working relationships, just be collaborative, you know, especially with the work that I do in um, really pushing for social corporate social innovation and and building those cultures of, of support and and where employees are supported and and you know um, workplace bullying can't take hold and psychological safety is 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 intentionally built mm-hmm. and uh, you know sexual harassment does not occur incivility and respect is is you know the is it's really important incivility is nipped in the bud so it can't fester into a bullying relationship um when you're in those environments um it just really makes it easy to um be abundant and i believe wholeheartedly that it is going to take a lot of us working together to really push this movement this movement this social movement that we're in is really being driven by the values that people see and that they demand for themselves. Um, The younger generations are less likely to put up with the toxic status quo that some of the older generations have had to have had to tolerate. Um, And really, I believe that it is going to take a lot of us working together to actually create the change we want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. And so I choose to collaborate with like-minded people. Some of us do the same kind of work Some of us could be seen as competitors, but I fully believe that they will, their people will find them and my people will find me and my messaging is going to resonate with, with someone that, um, you know, their messaging might not. So 
You know, when we consider that 50, uh, sorry, 45% of workers, now this is in Canada, it's, it's very similar around the globe, 45% of workers report being bullied on the job every week. There's lots of work, you know, there's lots of businesses. So really just to embrace that abundance mindset, support people when you can. My mantra every day is I expand in love, success and abundance every single day as I inspire those around me to do the same. Uh And it it sounds, you know, kind of hokey, but I I really believe it. And I, I absolutely believe that we will attract the people to us that we're meant to attract, just like I attracted you. And uh, you attracted me. And here we are having this wonderful, rich conversation that hopefully is a blessing to other people. And uh, yeah, just embracing that there is no limitation. The only limitations there are, are those that we put on ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. You know, someone shared the other day on uh, social network and I took a snapshot of it because I thought, my goodness, you know, if, if people think this, um, it, so the word that she um, used, the first one, I'm just going to say it how she said it. So she said, screw anyone who makes you feel like you aren't good enough. So we could do a whole show on, on that. And, you know, I think... It, no one gives you don't give people the permission to even have you feel not good enough as you said don't play small to try and fit into a box that others build for you take that box and rip it apart you've got the ability to do that don't let other people you know speak words over you that you take to heart go is that helpful for me no it's not move on you know and I think moving forward let it be as leaders as parents as you know partners uh you know that may be working in a business also be mindful of we say what we say to others be mindful of what we take on board let it go if it's not helpful for you we're going to need to be able to do that far and far better than we ever have because of the the complexities and be on the lookout for others have the compassion to be able to stand up next to them for some of us we've got the ability we just would not let you know bs even come in our sphere of influence but for there's some people who struggle with that and need a little bit of support and i guess in that creates and help them create that psychological safety for themselves if they're not able to do that and empower them, you know, I think. Uh, I, I think we all need to move forward with that, don't we? Keep an eye out for others. And uh, Absolutely. You know, life is tough enough um, on its own without us tearing each other down. Yeah. And, you know, it pains me to say, but, you know, about 60% of the time it's women bullying other women. Yeah. And it, it is, it's it can be our own worst enemies into right. our own worst enemies, and we can be other worst enemies for other women too, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, you know, choose because we do, we get to choose how we show up in the world every single day. And we can be insecure. And that, I mean, that's what bullies are they're insecure. So they tear others down in order to, to make themselves look better, right? Um, And it's a power and control dynamic. So we can either be that person or we can choose to just walk in our own power. It doesn't mean that we're thin 
It doesn't mean that we're young. It doesn't mean that, you know, we have the most beautiful house and the most beautiful car and the most well-behaved kids. It's just showing up, being uh, the best version of yourself that you can be, doing what you can from where you are with what you have and just being confident and really, um, you know, we rise together. We really do. I love all of that. And how can people find out more about uh, you, Ruthann, and how you can support them? What's the best way for them to connect? My website is harmonyintheworkplace.com. You can always find out more about me there. Uh, My email is rweeks at harmonytraining.ca. I'm very active on LinkedIn. Please reach out to me there on that platform. I'd love to support you in your work. And uh, I'm really here to help. Uh, business leaders create those cultures of support where everybody wins. And, um, you know, when we get it right, everybody wins because the employees are happy, they're productive, they're thriving. The bottom line is healthy. So the shareholders are happy too, right? The business owners are happy. Innovation reigns. Creativity and innovation, competition kills creativity. Uh, So when we have that abundance mindset and we're, um, you know, allowed to bring our whole holistic selves to to the workplace um you know everybody wins fantastic loved our conversation Ruthann I know we've only scratched the surface but certainly for people who are here watching live or the recording uh, please connect with Ruthann and please check out that resource that you were talking about uh, you know on Google the uh, psychological safety create an environment that has all of those key points that you mentioned I think you said there were 13 key points yeah there's 13 psychosocial factors in the Canadian standard of, of psychological safety Um, Yeah, I'd be happy to uh, share that document. I have, I mean, it's it's available online as well. They can look it up, but I have a a, a document um, with a little bit on each one as well, if you'd like. Terrific. Reach out to Ruthann in those ways that she shared earlier, and I'm sure you'll be able to share (laughs) that document with them. So once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Anne-Marie. This podcast is brought to you by TheInfluenceAlliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.TheInfluenceAlliance.com slash podcast series. That's TheInfluenceAlliance.com slash podcast series.